According to two new polls, the majority of Americans now approve of the president's job in handling the coronavirus pandemic. And we're even seeing Democrats, some of Trump's fiercest critics, singing his praises. Cuomo of New York, Newsom of California, that's New York and California's governors thanking the president. And most shocking to me was Ilhan Omar actually saying she was in unison with the president on this one. More surprisingly, progressives were angry to find out it was Democratic leadership opposing this stimulus package plan because apparently Trump, the Republicans and the leftist progressives are all in favor of giving a stimulus check to American citizens. It was the Democrats they actually opposed. But the reason these polls have flipped in Trump's favor, shockingly, is because more Democratic voters are starting to recognize that Trump is doing a good job on the coronavirus. Now, perhaps this is because of the praise of Cuomo and people, well, people like Cuomo, Newsom, and Ilhan Omar. Or it could just be that the fake news narrative about Donald Trump is being shattered. Now, it is true, I've criticized the president for this early on, that I felt his reaction to the coronavirus pandemic or the risk of one was fairly weak. But I felt like instead of ragging on Orange Man all day, the appropriate response is, what can we do better? Since then, Donald Trump has done better. Apparently, the story is Tucker Carlson went to Mar-a-Lago, met with Trump and told him to take it seriously. And the president started doing it. Unfortunately, the president didn't trust the press. Now, there are still some people in media that are trying to push a fake narrative that no matter what Trump does, he is wrong. This is bad for the country because you can see how they, they lie all the time. And thus, the president doesn't trust them and the people don't trust them. In one of the most shocking polls yet, Edelman Research found the least trusted group of people to inform anyone about the coronavirus is its journalists. They have no support from the American people and the president is earning it. Early on, Donald Trump may have been a bit weak, but he did take some serious action. He shut down travel from China to the US in some capacity. And for this, the media smeared him saying it was the wrong action. Yet now we can see all of these other countries around the world shutting down their borders. And surprisingly, the CDC actually made the recommendations for the US to close its border. And Dr. Fauci even said that Trump's action in doing this was good for the country. The narrative from the media, no matter what, is orange man bad. But there have been some cracks in the foundation. MSNBC's Joe Scarborough and CNN's Dana Bash praised the president. I've even got a fact check for you. People didn't believe it. On the left, the idea that CNN would have praised Trump seemed so outlandish that USA Today actually fact-checked it. True. That's right. CNN praised the president. So let's jump right into this and figure out what's going on. And I want to show you some of the policies Trump has enacted that he's receiving praise across the board for. Politico says the majority of Americans now approve of Trump's coronavirus management. Before we read into this, head over to TimCast.com donate if you'd like to support my work. There are several ways you can give, but the best thing you can do, share this video. Dare I say the echo chambers are actually breaking and Democrats are coming around to support this. And I have tremendous respect for those that would come out and recognize now is the time to come together. The people that just want to run the orange man bad narrative because it generates clicks are hurting us at a time when we need to figure this one out. Now is the time to actually stop the bickering. Also, if you haven't, make sure you subscribe Uh, Click the subscribe button down below, hit the notification bell, because YouTube actually is reducing recommendations for channels like mine, especially now that we're facing the coronavirus pandemic. I'm just gonna let you know, I have a couple channels and I've been facing more demonetizations than I've ever in the entirety of my YouTube career because they don't let you talk about coronavirus. Fortunately, on this channel, 
They somewhat allow me to, but I'm still getting flagged fairly often. So I just want to let you know, you know, it's, it's, it is a serious risk in, in, in these times. And I'm shocked YouTube would be doing this, but what can they really do? Everyone's kind of freaking out. YouTube's not been very good on this, uh, very good at this in, for, uh, for a long time now. So make sure you subscribe. Let's, uh, let's read the story. Politico says, an ABC News Ipsos poll released Friday reports that 55% of respondents approve of Trump's management of the public health crisis, while 43% disapprove. The latest figures represent a boost in the president's rating from the previous iteration of the survey published one week ago, which showed only 43% approval for Trump and 54% disapproval. The uptick in public sentiment comes in the wake of a variety of measures the president has taken to combat the rapid spread of COVID-19 within the U.S. Trump has been widely criticized for his initial response to the pandemic, as well as his, as well as his administration's inability to quickly ramp up testing across the country. Since last Friday, Trump has declared a national emergency, expanded the European travel ban, urged against group gatherings of more than 10 people, signaled his support for dispensing checks to affected Americans, and invoked the Defense Production Act, although he has stopped short of actually triggering the statute. Majority of Americans, including Democrats, are supporting the president's efforts to close down the the northern and southern borders and migration on the northern and southern borders, shut down travel from Europe and China. This is remarkable because Trump, these these are core uh, features of his campaign, bringing manufacturing back to the U.S., and securing our borders. And now even Democrats are supporting it. That's surprising. With the Defense Production Act, Trump can essentially snap his fingers and bring the manufacturing back from China to the US, something he has long been trying to do. And he's been successful to some degree. Now, it's not just this poll. There is another one. But first, we'll take a look at you know the Democrats here. We have this image here. We can see 55% approve. Interestingly, though, Democrats only 30% approve and 69% disapprove. The reality is we're still seeing partisan lines here. Of course, Republicans approve of Trump. They're giving him A plus marks across the board because let's be real, they love the guy. What is surprising is the shift in Democrats. Some people have asked whether or not this would be good for president for, re- for uh, good for the president for re-election. And you know, I often felt like Trump was invincible. But as soon as this economic crash happened, or I don't call it a crash, a crash is a specific thing. But when the economy started taking a big hit, I thought maybe this is it. Maybe Trump will now struggle to get reelected. But the reality is, I think it's actually winning over Democrats for him. It's pulling people to his side. It's exposing the media narrative as lies. And now people are finally being faced with reality as to why Trump wanted manufacturing back in the US and why he wanted to secure his borders. This is not me saying every single policy idea he has is good. There's still many people critical of his health care plans and what's going on in that department, but at least the core features of his campaign, border security and China, at least people are now seeing that he was right on this one. This person, Sam Stein, says Trump's approval here is bolstered by an increasing number of Democrats who believe he is handling the crisis well. But we do have another poll. This is a Harris. uh, This is a Harris poll showing Trump's approval rating overall 53% and his handling of COVID 56%. This to me is really incredible because it shows that there's actually a decent percent of people who don't like Trump, but do approve of how he's handling this crisis. Newsweek says Donald Trump's fiercest critics are praising his handling of the coronavirus. And it's something I've talked about over and over again, but this really is shocking. This is something that's giving us a common cause. I made a video, and if you go on this channel, you might see it where I talk about a lack of purpose and responsibility. 
People are now feeling that purpose and responsibility, and they are being unified by this. It's an invisible threat, but it is a common enemy, which is actually bringing people together. I, you know, for all of the bad that we're facing, there is still a light at the end of the tunnel. Surprisingly, amid Trump's critics calling him out, USA Today ran a fact check. Did CNN's Danabash praise Trump about coronavirus? Well, certainly it was so shockingly absurd that the Orange Man Bad Network would praise the guy that USA Today runs a fact check on it. And guess what they've determined? It's true. Danabash made several positive comments about President Donald Trump's tone and demeanor during a press briefing on the spread of COVID-19 in the United States. We rate this claim true because it is supported by our research. There is no reason to believe that Bash's comments were disingenuous or that available video of statements were doctored in any way. Surprise, surprise. People are coming around when they're realizing too many in the media are lying to you. And we have this thread here from Lindsay Fifield of, uh, at, uh, at Heritage. I believe it's the Heritage Foundation. I could be wrong. But she says, I took a break uh, to read back and see how the media covered Trump's January 31st announcement, barring entry into the U.S. from China. Who boy. Many in the scientific community beclowned themselves because their hatred for Trump blinded them and does to this day. Take a look at this. It's a story from the New York Times. Trump administration restricts entry into U.S. from China. We can then see this. Here's a quote from the article. At this point, sharply curtailing air air travel to and from China is more of an emotional or political reaction, said Dr. Michael T. Osterholm, an epidemiologist and director for the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota. Here's another one. She says, flashback to Washington Post, quoting the Chinese FM slamming the Trump administration's travel ban and noting that WHO, the World Health Organization, was against Trump's move to stop entry into the U.S. from China, saying in disregard of who recommendation against travel restrictions, the U.S. went the opposite way. The ministry's spokesman said in, an, in, in English language messages on Twitter on Friday, where is its empathy? That's right. Here's one. The travel ban to China was driven by, quote, conservative lawmakers and far right supporters of the president. Public health experts, however, warned the move could do more harm than good. Think about that. Trump's travel ban was driven by the far right and conservatives, but even Democrats are coming around to supporting it. Yeah, you're losing your stranglehold. And this this fake narrative is breaking apart. From The Verge 131, apoplectic that Trump was going against who recommendations. And look at this gem from Vox.com, where they said the evidence on travel bans for diseases like coronavirus is clear. They don't work. They're political theater, not good public health policy. And what do we have now? Dr. Anthony Fauci on MSNBC, U.S. stopping travel, quote, very early from China has gone a long way in the fight against the coronavirus. And people seem to love this guy, Anthony Fauci. He's giving us advice. People trust him. The first response is a quote from Chuck Schumer on Twitter. The DNC was against Trump's travel restrictions. Schumer said the premature travel ban to and from China by the current administration is just an excuse to further his ongoing war against immigrants. There must be a check and balance on these restrictions in February. Now we know everyone in the world seems to agree Trump was right. We need to shut down the borders. I've mentioned this time and time again, but I've got to point it out in this context. We even see that in, in the European Union, in the Schengen zone, Germany is closing its borders to its fellow European Union member states. 
that's just undermining the principle of the European Union as it is, but that's how important it is to save lives. I saw this. Coronavirus shows off, president, uh, shows off Donald Trump's single greatest accomplishment as president. And you would think, based on the title, they're praising the president. No, this is an opinion piece for someone writing for CNN, a legal analyst, refusing to accept responsibility for their fake news. Trump enacted a travel ban. They accuse him of ignoring the crisis. Well, I think it's fair to criticize Trump for, for downplaying the, the initial reaction. He did take action and he is being praised for it by medical experts. It wasn't one, you know, all or nothing. It wasn't like Trump literally did nothing or literally did everything. No, it's nuanced as most things are. I think he could have done a better job, but hey, he did this and it turns out he did something early and he did it right. Well, now, of course, CNN doesn't want to explain. They say what he his astonishing success isn't that he's being, you know, he's doing the crisis right. His success. Here's what he says. His success isn't at leading a desperate nation. Instead, coronavirus has exposed the real success of presidents of the president's under un, unyielding assault on the media during his time in office. Many in the public don't know whom to trust anymore, and they're blaming Trump for it. Trump is a Trump is a product of the fake news. He did not create the media. He did not make an entire industry in this country flip and become untrustworthy. They are just untrustworthy. And of course, there's tons of data about this. Edelman says that journalists are the least trusted individuals to inform people about the coronavirus. A person like yourself, 63%. Government officials still low, but much higher than journalists. People don't trust journalists because journalists as we just heard, have, well, it was the scientific community, but many journalists have, I agree, beclowned themselves. No matter what Trump does, it's wrong. All the way, every step of the way. Donald Trump made a statement when he announced that we were going to be banning travel from Europe. Don Lemon went nuts on his show, screaming at at Kasich, saying Trump wasn't giving us accurate information. How can we support this man? He won't tell us what's happening. Ah, harumph, I say. Don Lemon seeming to forget that every president needs to be clarified. And that's why the press corps literally exists. Mr. President, you said this. Did you mean this? Ah, you did. Thank you very much. If every president gave out perfectly clear information, you wouldn't have a press corps. That makes no sense. So Trump made a statement. Some of it wasn't clear. And often he's made some statements that have been incorrect and have been immediately immediately clarified. People need to get over themselves. They're freaking out. Now, I want to point something about about uh, something out about reelection with this tweet from Will Chamberlain. He is a Trump supporter. He runs the website Human Events. And he said, FDR won three elections during the Great Depression. Voters will forgive a lot if the president is providing aggressive leadership to solve the crisis, but they won't forgive Trump downplaying COVID-19 if it gets worse. And I think Trump is now showing us that he's providing that leadership and the American people can see it. But about the media and how they've beclowned themselves. As I mentioned earlier, th- those, those previous comments were about scientists who hate Trump so much they couldn't accept that he was right. Take a look at Chinese, China's Xinhua News. That's their state news agency. It's a distraction tactic. It's racist. They say, but he's doing it. So people are talking about that instead of his lies and incompetence. Are you kidding me? I don't care what you have to say, China. Why are, I don't care about your propaganda. You're trying to go after a president that has the majority, the majority of the American people's support as he's trying to deal with the, with a problem you caused by lying, withholding information. Well, guess what? Not to be un, uh, 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 upstaged, Vox.com has also beclowned themselves. 
Trump's new fixation on using a racist name for the coronavirus is dangerous. The president is stoking xenophobia with his rhetoric about the coronavirus. Ebola, Zika, West Nile, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. Need I go on? Diseases are often named for their regions. And Trump isn't letting China back away, and he's not giving in to their propaganda. It's probably one of the reasons Americans are supporting him now. But of course, you still have mindless drones of, 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 in, in the media saying the same garbled Chinese propaganda, propaganda. I don't know why, but let me show you this from The Federalist. Now, typically, I, I don't really use The Federalist, but this is a collection of video clips from Stephen Colbert. You see, recently, Stephen Colbert shot a video in his backyard a little, next to a little fire pit. And he, bas- and he said that Trump was, you know, it's basically the same thing. Trump's racist for calling it the Chinese virus, even though everyone in media in January was calling it the exact same thing. Well, I can't actually show you the jokes made by Stephen Colbert, because in today's day and age, the jokes made by Colbert are extremely offensive to, let's just say, a marginalized group. If I showed you the jokes he actually made or said the things he said, YouTube would probably give this video a community guideline strike. So who does Colbert think he is to build up? There, there was actually a period where Colbert was making extremely offensive jokes about Asians. Now, I don't mind the jokes. I get it. Free speech and humor. And that's why we used to like Colbert and Jon Stewart. When Colbert was called out for his offensive jokes, what did he do? He doubled down. A hashtag cancel Colbert went viral. He did not care. He doubled down. He made more jokes and said it was funny. Today, he has the nerve to criticize Donald Trump. Well, let's talk about policy as we, as we get closer to wrapping this up. This is actually a really awesome story. Apparently, Chuck Schumer urged President Trump to invoke the Defense Production Act to rush medical equipment to providers. The Senate Minority Leader is in the middle of negotiations with, with Republicans and the White House over a massive relief package. What's cool about this is apparently, here's a quote, POTUS told Schumer he would invoke the act, and then POTUS yelled to someone in his office to do it now. That's the quote. Schumer apparently was on the phone with Trump, and Schumer said, Trump, do this. And Trump was like, you got it. And then he yelled while they're still on the phone, get it done. And it's happening. Trump's staunchest critics are praising him. And I got to say, it's absolutely incredible. What's really interesting here now, Citing coronavirus, Trump will announce strict new border controls. The administration citing the coronavirus threat to uh, detention facilities, plans to turn back all undocumented immigrants and asylum seekers to Mexico. There are Democrats supporting this right now, which is one of the most shocking things to me. When faced with a real threat, people are now realizing why what Trump was saying was so important and why he was right. It's easy to say we don't need it when you're safe. The anti-Second Amendment people in their homes in a safe, low crime neighborhood have no problems. Then the disaster strikes. And what do they do in California and many other parts of the country? New York, people are flocking to stores to pick up self-defense weapons for their homes. The narrative flies out the window and they realize, you know what? Maybe there really is a reason that we need to protect ourselves. The New York Times reports the Trump administration plans to immediately turn back all asylum seekers and other foreigners trying to cross the southwestern border illegally, saying they cannot risk allowing the coronavirus to spread through detention facilities and among Border Patrol agents, four administration officials said on Tuesday. This is three days ago Trump announced this, and the support for Trump has gone up since then. That is incredible. But what's even more incredible is that this is coming from the CDC's recommendations. So Trump was right this whole time. And so what we see, 
On Saturday at midnight, the U.S. will implement CDC recommendations to immediately institute blanket refusal of entry for anyone on both the northern and southern U.S. border that does not have the proper documentation for lawful entry. This replaces the the existing practice of processing and holding in customs and border protection facilities at the border those attempting to cross. Trump later clarified that all attempted border crossing individual will be returned to their original country of citizenship. TechCrunch calls it an extreme step. And the White House claims that it's been made to address the fact that border facilities are unable to follow CDC best practices for avoiding COVID-19 transmission while continuing to deal with migrants in the existing manner. I think when, when you have when you have these policies that Trump has long called for now being supported by some Democrats, that to me says landslide 2020. I don't know what else to, to expect. I know the market's down. When we get through this, however long it takes, the market's going to skyrocket. The Daily Signal reports coronavirus exposes how West Coast progressives failed the homeless. Well, there you go again. Not only is Trump being is said to be doing right by the American people, criticism is flying at Democrats. It's not just about the homeless crisis, which is a serious issue, and it does primarily affect Democrat strongholds. It's also the fact that progressives want this relief package. Republicans want this relief package. And I don't know if the relief package is a good thing. Apparently now they're proposing $1,200 to all people who in 2018 made a certain amount of money. I mean, that was two years ago. I don't know if that makes sense. But you do have progressives and Trump Trump supporters on the same page. What you don't have is Democratic leadership. So let me just lock this one down. Not only is the media coming under fire, some in media are actually starting to praise the president. People don't trust journalists at all. More people support the president's coronavirus efforts than they do trust the media. Democratic leadership is being slammed for opposing something that populists are calling for. And we can see now the cracks in the system in the West Coast. The the progressives have failed the homeless. And this problem has become seriously dangerous as these vulnerable people now are likely to contract the coronavirus and we can't do anything about it. Trump is now shutting down the borders, but he's doing it after other countries already did. They tried smearing him for it. And now we can see they were wrong, wrong, wrong. So I'll tell you what, I'll wrap it up there. But if you want to support this video, share it with people, let them know. Most people are coming around to recognizing while Trump is not perfect, he is not right every single step of the way. Not everything he's done, he's done has been correct. There are some things he was right about. Even Bernie Sanders is agreeing with Trump more than the establishment Democrats who don't know what they really need. But I will, I will end with saying, Chuck Schumer calling the president, the president saying, you got it, buddy, we'll take care of this. Cuomo and Newsom supporting him. I think things are turning around. I think Trump's approval rating is going to skyrocket after this. It's already going up. And I think come November, Trump will be recognized as a wartime president and he will likely get reelected. Now, I know a lot of people probably have questions about my preference for the election, but I'll just leave it here. I'm fairly ambivalent most of the time. Not someone who's been adamant about voting, but I think we're going to sit through this one and see how things play out to determine whether or not someone like me or other moderates would consider voting for the president. We're not there yet. There's still a lot to be done. And there's a lot of steps that have to be, uh, you know, we have to do in order to protect the American people. But let me just say credit where credit is due. I, like many others, uh, am now recognizing, and, I, and I've recognized this for a while, that Trump does do good things. But for now, he's doing a really good job. Not perfect, but he's doing a good job. The best we could hope for. Or as Ilhan Omar said, she's in unison with the president. And for me, wow, if she's bold enough to say that amidst the resistance, woke leftists, orange man, bad crowd, then she must really mean it. 
because she knows it's not going to be good for her to her constituents. It must be. It must be true, right? I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at youtube.com slash timcastnews at 6 p.m. And I will see you all then. The entire state of California is now under a lockdown order. 40 million people ordered to shelter in place in one of the most drastic actions we have seen yet. The State Department is ordering or advising all Americans abroad to return home immediately or prepare to stay where you are indefinitely. The crisis is getting bad, man. Unemployment insurance claims are spiking to an absurd degree. In California, Governor Newsom said typically they get around 2,000 claims in a day. Now they're receiving 80,000 claims. How could the system handle this? It wasn't designed to. My fear is that it can't and it'll collapse. And what happens when people feel like they have no opportunity to get food? They're in dense populated areas. The worst is yet to come, man. You know, I said before and many others that we are on track to be like Italy. And now we are basically like Italy. It's just one state so far. But like Italy, they first locked down their northern region and eventually the entire country. Now, admittedly, Italy is much smaller than the US. But California is first. And I'm willing to bet the rest will follow. In New York already, there's been talk of a lockdown. Governor Cuomo has said, no, stop, get real. We can't do this. But I'm willing to bet it'll happen because we're already seeing people call for more. The NIH chief says people would find the best response to coronavirus too drastic. Will they? Because we also have this opinion piece by Gene Marks for the Hill. Shut us down already, Mr. President. We have got in in Texas a declaration of a public health disaster. Wait, wait till listen. You know, I know there's gonna be a lot of people who are saying I'm fear mongering or panicking. I just literally do not care at this point. If you want to go get your daily dose of lies and comfort, go turn on the mainstream media. I'm going to show you the stories that are actually coming out and I'm going to talk about the potential implications. But I will always stress the worst thing you can do is panic. That will not help you. Sit down, contemplate your your options, think about what the best thing to do is. And admittedly, look, I'm still here. Why? I think the best thing to do is to, for the most part, shelter in place. I don't know how bad this will get. I don't know what government's reactions will be. I don't know what the average person's reaction will be. But Texas is straight up saying that if you're under investigation for having the coronavirus, they will involuntarily, involuntarily quarantine you. That's, that's the level we're getting at. We are going to go into a hard lockdown. We are going to see a rise in full-on government authority. And I don't know what to expect, but there definitely is some pushback between liberty-minded people and government. These are, these are trying times. Let's read the story from Fox 26, and I'll show you some other stories and, and where I think we're going to end up. Fox 26 says, The state of California is about to go under a shelter-in-place order announced on Thursday by Governor Gavin Newsom. The governor calls the uh, the situation fluid and says the order is necessary now because of new projections that show how many people might get infected. He calls this an open-ended order and says he will not put a time frame on how long it could last. He says the next eight weeks are critical for controlling the spread of the virus. The governor says, says more than half of all Californians could eventually be infected with the, uh, with, with coronavirus. 
He says 56% of people living in the state will get it, which could be more than 20 million people. The shelter in place rules will be similar to those already affect in Fresno, the Bay Area and other California counties and cities. Governor Gavin Newsom made the announcement around 6.45 p.m. on Thursday, March 19th. He says a list, a list of exempt and non-exempt businesses will be released soon. In Fresno, businesses such as bars, salons, car dealers, and other businesses where large groups can gather or people must be in close proximity to each other are under a shutdown order. Fresno has also ordered that there will be no public gatherings larger than 10 people outside of private family homes. People who work for non-essential businesses are asked to stay at home and get out only for tasks such as grocery shopping and medical visits. So that's that's the important factor here. You can leave. You're just, I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to stop you? I have no idea. They're, they're, we're not facing the severity of how China handled it. This is a shelter in place order. The problem is young people have been completely ignoring it because, well, they're morons. Not, not everybody. Okay, fine. I get it. But boy, are some of these people dumb. And in response to this, the government is reacting rather heavy handily, hand, handedly with a heavy hand. He says he's worried there won't be enough hospital beds for all of the victims if nothing is done right now. He says that one of the reasons he is calling for the, that's one of the reasons he's calling for the new rules. If California acts strongly right now, he feels the state can keep the number of victims under the number of hospital beds. He said, let's bend the curve together. The governor announced that the state has purchased a hospital in Northern California and will soon announce a second such purchase, this one in Southern California. He also says the state is trying to arrange dorm rooms and colleges and hotel rooms to help house victims if needed. He says the state will overly focus on those over 65 and those with compromised immune systems. The governor said he has spoken with President Trump and Vice President Pence today about his plan. He said he thanked them for the surgical gloves, masks, and other materials that was delivered to the state due to federal efforts. He says it's time to tell Californians some tough things that he is telling his family, one of which is that students won't get back to school during the remainder of this school year. The governor says the state is working with private businesses to try to get additional protective gear for health workers and others. They say this is a developing story. We'll see what happens. Internationally, the State Department tells Americans do not travel abroad. Come home if overseas. I have friends who are overseas and some of them can't even come home because other countries have already shut down their borders. And that's the reality of the people who waited too long. And I am damn frustrated with the with the media and the gloating morons on Twitter who gloat about how smart they are. And here we are. The media downplayed everything early on. The World Health Organization pushed out Chinese propaganda that the virus was under control and that there was no human to human transmission. And now look where we are. The liars, the grifters, whatever you want to call them, the nasty people who would tell you not to protect yourself because they want to look smart. That's what they do. These people on YouTube love to grab whatever video from whoever they can. Typically, you'll find smaller YouTube channels that have nothing going for them other than like smack talking other YouTubers. It's disgusting. And this is what they do. They say, look at these people who are concerned about the global pandemic. What idiots and morons, grifters trying to sell, blah, blah, blah. You know what, man? That's, that's, that was, that's evil. These narcissistic, arrogant people who, who, who told all of you not to take, you know, take action to protect yourself. I can only imagine that there's a lot of people in California right now freaking out. USA Today reports the State Department told 
Uh, yeah, so USA Today. The State Department told Americans not to travel abroad at all. The strongest US alert yet as the novel coronavirus continued uh, its steady march across the globe. The department on Thursday issued a level four advisory. Do not travel. In countries where commercial departure options remain available, U.S. citizens who live in the United States should arrange for immediate return to the U.S. unless they are prepared to remain abroad for an indefinite period. U.S. citizens who live abroad should avoid all inter- uh, who live abroad should avoid all international travel. If you are an American and you are in a foreign country, get back home now. While you may find hospitality will extend quite far, at a certain point, these countries are going to say, I don't know you. Sorry, you will be last in line for care in the event of a real crisis. Get back home now. I know a lot of people who can't. The advisory came as the number of cases have multiplied more than 11,000 in the US out of 236,000 worldwide. And the number's up. All right. So this story is from yesterday. The number's up. The advisory is not a mandate. Americans can still leave the US, but they do so at their own risk. Hundreds of Americans have been stranded overseas amid a global freeze on international travel and mass quarantine sparked by the coronavirus pandemic. Besieged by pleas for help, the State Department and its embassies around the world have offered little to no assistance, these stranded travelers say. I can't help but feel we are abandoned. Uh, so that's Chris Pierce, who was stuck in the Philippines with his wife and nine-year-old son. And if, you're not coming back, man. If, if you're in a country where you can get out, you need to. Now I want to show you something I find to be one of the most alarming things. It's a sign of things to come. Uh, don't panic, please remain calm. I'm still at my house. I'm still doing normal stuff. I think I don't know what to expect. I really don't. But hey, we're here. We're in the storm. This is from the state of Texas. Declaration of a public health disaster in the state of Texas, March 19th. And they say people who are known to have or are under investigation or monitoring for COVID-19 should adhere to the direction provided to them by duly authorized persons, including public health officials. Failure to abide by such direction may result in involuntary quarantine or isolation for the purposes of preventing further community spread of COVID-19. They add people who are ill, especially those with symptoms consistent with flu or COVID-19 should isolate themselves at home until they recover. Such persons should only present for medical evaluation and treatment if their symptom, symptoms are such that they cannot continue to be cared for in, cared for in their home. And when seeking medical care, should call their doctor or, or health care facility before arriving to allow them to prepare. They say, if you're being monitored for having COVID-19, if they suspect you might, they will involuntarily quarantine you. Now that's what China was doing. This is just Texas. I do not believe we are going to see the severity you know, in the United States of what we saw in China. But at least it will be close to it. Having someone come to your home and say, well, we, we, you seem like you may be sick and now you are being involuntarily quarantined. The NIH chief says people would find the best response to coronavirus too drastic. When asked if the U.S. would be on total lockdown in an effort to stem the spread of COVID-19, Collins replied, it's so hard to answer that. But what I would say is what Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, has said a few times in recent days. And that is that, and that is that the approach we should be taking right now is one that most people would find to be too drastic because otherwise it is not drastic enough. Collins also said that Americans should not expect a viable vaccine for the virus anytime soon. 
despite the fact that scientists all over the world have been scrambling to develop one. We are flat out on this, but everyone needs to recognize that even flat out for a vaccine means we're a year to a year and a half away. And that would be, be a, and that would be breaking the record by a factor of three or so, given how long it usually takes to get something fully ready to be distributed to the public. Collins noted that the testing has begun, but there are still many more hurdles to clear in the vaccine process. Additionally, the NIH head said that it remains to be seen if the U.S. can avoid a situation similar to the one in Italy, where more than 3,400 people have died from the virus. Let's be clear. There's going to be a very rough road in the weeks and months ahead of us. If we did everything right today, you would still see the numbers going up over the next two weeks because of what's already what's out there already. We can't change that. But what we might be able to do is change what's going to happen three or four weeks from now. That's our challenge, he added. Some people are calling for a hard lockdown already. Billionaire hedge fund guy, I think, Bill Ackman. I don't know a lot about him, but that's what I read. He's a hedge fund guy. He called on the president to just lock everything down. Boom, like that. The problem is people would panic. How you how you get through this, I honestly don't know. But a slow roll of the lockdown followed by a harder lockdown, get people prepared and then lock it down. And a couple of weeks go by. Hopefully that works. Over in Italy, they've been under lockdown and their amount of the amount of cases in Italy has still been going up. And the amount of debt has been going up. Over 500 died in a single day. Yet still, I went out, from, I went out for essentials the other day. I'm taking, you know, various precautions. You'll notice that in many of my videos, I'm touching my face, but you're not supposed to touch your face when you go out. If you're home, you're washing your hands, don't worry about it. And sure enough, the people at the stores, they're wearing gloves, they're taking precautions, but the conversations I heard, they're just shrugging it off saying it's no big deal. Maybe 500 people in a single day is, is not that big of a number to them. Over at the Hill, this is what we see. In a totalitarian society like China, they say it was possible to lock down everything. For weeks, no one was allowed in and out of the city except for deliveries. People were confined to their homes. After making many awful mistakes, the Chinese government pivoted, quarantined the region, and then enforced these rules with a heavy hand. You can argue with their tactics, but you can't argue with their results. It worked, which is why I say to President Trump, shut us down, sir. Please just shut us down. I mean the whole country, not just New York or San Francisco, but Louisville, Denver, Harrisburg, Clearwater and Madison, every small town. Whether there is a case or not, I'm talking martial law. Do it. You said you're now a wartime president, so act like one. No. This kind of rhetoric is terrifying, but it's coming. I wouldn't be surprised if it's coming. You're already seeing now pundits in the media say, do it, martial law. That would be a serious, serious mistake. We are not China. We are a liberty-minded country, and we are armed to the teeth. The last thing we should be doing is curtailing civil liberties, which is already starting to happen. When Donald Trump invoked the Defense Production Act, which gives him the power to force manufacturing of certain goods, many companies said, we got your back. We don't need to show up with guns drawn and say, we're locking you in your homes. We don't need to show up with a group of armed thugs saying, make the product or else. In this country, when Trump invokes this act, we already saw many companies saying, we will do what must be done. Just let us know what you need. We need to come together on this one. But if you go out with a heavy hand and martial law, don't be surprised if you cause the total collapse to happen faster. People won't stand for it. You already got people who just don't believe it's real. What do you think is going to happen when you show up with stormtroopers saying, we don't care what you think. That is the wrong way to deal with this. He says, this is, uh, who is this? this guy is Gene Marks. 
What's his, what's his, he says, uh, they don't explain who he is, but uh, he goes on to say all businesses should be closed except the essential ones. And that list should be carefully constructed. No travel, no planes, no cars, no movement. We stay in our homes and leave only to get food, go to the doctor or walk our dogs. Scientists have determined with confidence from the hundreds of thousands of cases reported so far that the recommended period of self-isolation should be 14 days to let the virus run its course. But we're Americans and we always do more. So I say we force isolate for an extra week, maybe a total of 21 days, just to be sure. We also know that when people blatantly violate this rule, as the Italians have been doing over their 10 days of confinement, then the effects are marginalized. So it must be enforced heavily with fines and jail time. The military should be patrolling the streets. The National Guard should be called out. Everyone, and I mean everyone, hunkers down. Big mistake. Big, big mistake. Do not listen to this, this stuff. Someone sent me a video, a friend of mine, saying that it's a, a friend of a friend in Chicago, in the, in the, in the suburbs, sent them, uh, we, we see this all the time, it's mobilization. I was sent a video of what looks like a bunch of military vehicles on trains moving at a high rate of speed in the Chicago suburbs. I trust my friend. I mean, it's the best I can say. I was told it was taken directly from their friend. So here we have hearsay. It's friend of a friend claiming it's their video. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm also not shocked by it. The National Guard is mobilizing. It's not a big deal. The reason I bring this up is that not that it's true because I can't, I haven't verified it, but that people are already feeling like this is underway. And what do you think a liberty-minded American is going to say? Well, you do have a lot of Americans who recognize the importance of working together and protecting our country. But there are a lot of people who distrust the government and will defy the government orders. That's why authoritarianism is always a bad idea. Oh, you can get your short-term gains, send out your jackboot thugs to lock people in their homes. But the long-term results would be disastrous. This, to me, is terrifying rhetoric. And it worries me because, I mean, this kind of stuff is going to spread. It's got 4,770 shares. I don't know why, but I think it's a mistake. He ends his piece by saying, please, Mr. President, shut us down already. The whole country, we can take it. We're behind you because we know that the long-term economic impact, particularly on the country's 30 million small businesses, will be much, much less severe than if we deal with this problem haphazardly, as we as we're already doing now. It's not the virus that's killing us. It's the prolonged uncertainty. They say he's the founder of the Marx Group, a small business consulting firm, and he, appear, he frequently appears on CNBC, Fox Business, and MSNBC. It won't work. It will be a disaster. But uh, I'll leave you with this. The coronavirus has pushed unemployment claims to 80,000 in a single day. I'm worried because I don't think the system's going to handle that. And what happens when a large group of people find they're not getting any benefits? Hey, you paid into this system. You pay your taxes for this. But guess what? Too many people have tried to get in at once. And that means not everyone can. People are going to get mad and people are going to get hungry. We've already seen some low level looting and rioting in Europe, medical supplies and a liquor store. Not the end of the world yet. But with these calls for martial law that I find worrying over in PA, we have something similar. They, they're seeing a major spike as well. Let me see if I can. Uh, this is basically a story about Pennsylvania. And here we go. The Department of Labor and Industry said unemployment compensation claims were 50,000 on Monday and that Tuesday's filings were on course to exceed that. In the entire first week of March, they received barely 12,000 claims in one day one day, four or five times that number. You know what, man? Things are getting scary, I guess. Some people might say, you know, I'm fear mongering or whatever. I just don't care. 
You can go ahead and turn on your, your, your mainstream media where they praise China and they talk about how everything's going to be fine. Go ahead and do it. Whatever, man. I'm not going to. I'm going to be blunt. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel and what I'm thinking. And there's, you know, there's, there's a conundrum when it comes to the media because people have said to me, even if it's true, it's my responsibility to stop people from freaking all that stuff. It's like, yeah, I understand that. Freaking out is the worst thing you can do. It will lower your chance of, uh, of survival. So if you freak out, okay, then you're actually endangering yourself. But to lie, because the ends justify the means, or to act like I'm somehow not supposed to talk about what I think is, is patently absurd. These reports, this rhetoric, it's all over the news, man. So what? You let, the, you let these media companies say all this nonsensical, insane stuff and just do whatever they want? Nah, I don't know what to expect. But I hope you all have taken, taken precautions, and I hope you all remain calm. I'll see you all at 1 p.m. on this channel in the next video. With every hour that passes, more parts of the country are instituting lockdowns. The latest New York. Andrew Cuomo just said in a press conference, they are closing the valve. But there's a big difference between shutting down the state, telling non-essential workers to stay home, and then actually arresting people. And that's what we're seeing in the British Isles, I guess in, in Britain, as well as in Spain. People are actually getting arrested for going outside. One woman was swimming and the cop, one of the cops apparently jumped in the water, pulled her out and arrested her for breaking quarantine. We are seeing California under a full on lockdown. Texas has declared a public health emergency. I think, look, there's a, there's an op-ed from foreign policy that says, sorry, America, but the lockdown is coming. The politicians don't want to admit it yet, but it's probably going to, it's probably happening. And I'm going to say, I, I agree. I'm not trying to be alarmist. I'm not trying to freak anybody out, but I am trying to just be real with all of you. Come on. Every day that's gone by, we've seen harsher and harsher measures. The opportunity for you to figure out what you're going to do. Well, that, that window is closing and it's closing fast. Do not panic. Never panic. Now's the time for calm. But when we look at a bunch of these other countries, we're following suit. Perhaps we should have acted sooner. I don't know. But earlier today, I read a, I read a bit of an op-ed from, from one pundit who was saying that we should just go full martial law. It's a mistake. But I don't know. If it, I don't know if it matters if it's a mistake or not, because I think it's going to happen. I don't know what to expect either, but I think you will see there's, there's a good potential that in our country, people get arrested for breaking quarantine. I kind of doubt it. Maybe it's an optimism bias. Maybe it's because we have a constitution, but we're dealing with a national emergency. Trump has invoked the, uh, the, the uh, Defense Production Act. So these are these are drastic times. I want to read for you a couple of these stories and then show you the, the, the opinion piece from Foreign Policy explaining why they believe we will be facing a complete national lockdown. I also want to point out there's a viral text message going around claiming that Trump is going to enact a national lockdown. And that is not true. The whole thing is it's a silly hoax. But you know what? Hoax or not, we may have to move in that direction. I'm not saying I want it to happen. I'm just saying the governments are probably going to do it. Check out this story first. The Independent. Coronavirus. First British arrest after man breaks quarantine. The first arrest of a person for breaking coronavirus regulations has been made in the British Isles. Police in the Isle of Man said they had taken a man into custody for failing to adhere to the new legislation requiring him to self-isolate. Please follow the guidance issued by the government and think about the safety of the community, a spokesperson said. This is an ever-evolving situation, and it is important we act in the best interests of keeping people safe. Now, I doubt that could happen here, right? And we'll, we'll, we will read more, but I want to remind you, maybe you missed my earlier segment. 
Texas said, if you are under suspicion or being monitored for potentially having the coronavirus, they could involuntarily quarantine you. Basically the same thing as an arrest, maybe not procedurally. Yeah, but they're going to take you by force and not let you leave by force. These are real potentials. And as time goes on and this gets worse, don't be surprised if it does. Let me tell you what Cuomo said. He said, you want to close the valve a little bit. If the number keeps going up, you close the valve a little bit more. And then if it keeps going after that, you shut the valve off. We are shutting the valve off. He is basically saying as the numbers get go up, we take more drastic action. The numbers are going to keep going up. Italy's been under lockdown for some time now, and their numbers are still going up. More people are getting infected. So I personally believe we are going to see more heavy handed approaches taken by the government. Now, this is the UK, mind you, not here in the United States. This is an ever evolving situation, and it is important we act in the best interest of keeping people safe. The self-governing British Crown Dependency, which sits in the Irish Sea, has brought in its own laws to tackle the coronavirus epidemic. Powers to detain and forcibly isolate people with symptoms came into force earlier this month and allow people to be detained for 48 hours for testing and to uh, and, and to be held in the hospital for two weeks in the UK. They could take you to the hospital against your will. Any new arrivals in the Isle of Man are required to self-isolate for 14 days, even if they are not showing symptoms. Anyone who does not follow the rules could face a 10,000 pound fine or three months in jail. Italy was also threatening jail time for people who broke quarantine. By Friday morning, the territory had one confirmed coronavirus case after conducting 52 tests. The patient had recently returned to the Isle of Man from a trip to Spain. The public health team has been in touch with the patient to provide advice and support and will start uh, and will start contact tracing. The chief minister, Howard Quayle, announced the cancellation of the famed Isle of Man TT motorcycle race, but has not yet closed schools or restricted public gatherings. Now, I'm not super concerned about the inner politics of the Isle of Man, but we do have another story. Woman arrested for swimming in hotel pool despite coronavirus quarantine. She was the only one. No one else. They don't care. They'll make an example of you. The New York Post reports caught in quarantine. A British woman was arrested on Monday for breaking a mandatory coronavirus coronavirus related quarantine at her Tenerife, Spain hotel pool. The tourist flouted the Paradise Park Hotel's strict requirements by taking a rebellious dip, a move which won her few friends among her fellow guests. If you are an American in a foreign country and you are trapped in a hotel, it is not going to be fun. And you should come back as soon as you can. The State Department has already said, come back ASAP. I mean, if you're in New York, apparently is going to start shutting down hotels. Like the, the, the companies themselves, with or without government regulation, are saying, we can't do it. We can't handle it. You, will, you do not want to be trapped in a different place because you will not be guaranteed shelter. So I hope you take this seriously. I've got friends overseas and I've warned them. When, when push comes to shove, you will be last in line for any aid. They're not going to give you a hotel room. They're going to say, sorry, you're not, you're not a citizen here. We're going to make sure we take care of our citizens first. So get back home. She'll get arrested, comments an off-screen woman in a video of the incident uploaded to Facebook by hotel lodger uh, Dave Lee, adding, she don't want to get arrested out here. I'll tell you, they don't treat you very lightly. The bikini clad rule breaker then begins screaming complaints about spending seven days in lockdown and demanding a room upgrade before doing a somersault in the water. Tourists in the area have been told to stay in their rooms to stop the spread of the deadly virus. 
We'd all like an upgrade, love, responds the off-screen woman. As the swimmer continues to frolic about, hotel staff and law enforcement look on. And one police officer begins to strip, guests cheering him from above. Well done, screams one woman as the cop jumps into the pool and chases the swimmer, taking her hands behind her back and bringing her to the side where she's forcibly dragged out by another officer. She deserves that, says the commenter. Although the rogue swimmer's fellow inmates made vocally clear they weren't fans of her stunt, other lodgers admit that conditions aren't the easiest. We're confined to rooms during the day, which is frustrating, but we are able to go to restaurants at at mealtimes as usual. Another quarantine lodger, James O'Neill, tells Jam Press. The staff here are being really friendly. There's not much they can do about the situation. A video O'Neill recorded of the incident has racked up over 192,000 views since he posted to Facebook Live. In another recent attempt to avoid a coronavirus quarantine, a Spanish man hid in an inflatable dinosaur costume and wandered Spain's empty streets before being stopped by police. The repercussions for breaking self-isolation rules are no joke. One British man now faces three three months behind bars for failing to quarantine. Serbian president threatens to to arrest Real Madrid player if he breaks quarantine again. Well, hey, if you're a celebrity, they'll cut you some slack, right? But this is serious. Europe is a bit ahead of us in terms of the coronavirus outbreak. I don't know if we could see the same thing here because we have a constitution. But because there's a national emergency, I don't think very many people are going to care. Did you see the reaction from the people in the hotel? They were cheering on the police, arresting this woman. And I don't necessarily blame them. You're in a quarantine. You don't want to get sick. Everyone's got to bunker down. It's not a matter of what we would like to do at certain times. We got to take responsibility and do the right thing. But it still is scary. You have to have complete faith in the government that they're going to get this right when they didn't from the get go. If the European countries treated their borders more seriously, this wouldn't have happened. Unfortunately, there are many people who resist border security in European countries as well as the United States, which makes it very difficult for these governments to actually act, uh, act uh, quickly and appropriately. But I think because of what we're seeing, it's very, very, very possible we will start seeing these actions happen in the United States. Now, it's possible they already have. I don't know. I haven't seen the news stories. New York Governor Cuomo orders 100% of non-essential businesses to work from home in the latest update. It's as close as they've gotten to a lockdown. Now, my understanding is that in California, you actually can go outside, but you have to have like a good reason for it. They say walk your dogs, getting groceries. But other than that, go home. I don't know if the police can stop you or even if they're going if they're if they're going to want to stop you. In New York, cops are already being quarantined because they're getting sick, too, in which case it's possible this will just be enforced socially, meaning like negative public opinion. But as we are entering a harder and harder lockdown across the country. Do not be surprised when your state, when your city orders you to stay in your home. Right now in New Jersey, I am under what they refer to as a strongly recommended 8 p.m. curfew. For the most part, everything looks normal. I went out to the store for some essentials the other day, and everyone seemed to be doing everything like normal. I didn't really notice anything. Now, people were talking about it. But in New Jersey, we're not under a hard lockdown like California and New York, Manhattan. It's a city that never sleeps, they say. The streets are empty. Very few people are even outside. Videos are going viral of people on their balconies screaming at pedestrians to go home because they could spread the disease. And now we have this story. Sorry, America, the full lockdown is coming. Politicians won't admit it yet, but it's time to prepare physically and psychologically 
for a sudden stop to all life outside your home. It's from a couple days ago. I'm not saying it's right. It's an opinion piece. But I will say that I kind of thought this was likely. And that's why a month ago I was saying, do you have your supplies? We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if it's going to be this. And we still don't. But I hope you've gotten your supplies already. Because a lot of people mocked and laughed at the idea of buying, say, like a two-week supply of food. To me, that's just insane that you would not take care of yourself and you wouldn't plan for the future. But it's no wonder that there are angry naysaying trolls on the internet who are just not successful. They live the li- they live boring, broken lives. They don't succeed. And they just complain about everyone else. Mind your own business. Focus on yourself. And that means taking care of yourself in times of crisis. Laurie Garrett writes, a few days ago, I shared wine, cheese and camaraderie with a small group of close friends. And sadly, after five excellent bottle of Cote de Duron, I'm not a wine person, I don't know what that is. We said goodbye to one another, knowing we shall not again share company for many weeks, perhaps months. Yesterday, my dearest neighbors knocked on the door, carts loaded with suitcases and boxes in tow to wish me well for the duration of the great pandemic. We air hugged and I sadly watched them tromp off to their uh, packed vehicle, abandoning New York City for their country home. As they wandered off, I said, see you in September, I hope or whenever things are normal again. There are some people who have no choice but to stay in New York, in the city. And I do not envy you. The people who are trapped in these hotels, that's, that's akin to a prison sentence. Sentence. You know, I've traveled a lot for work. I've stayed in hotels and it can be nice, but not when you're forced to stay in that tiny little box room. And so one lady snapped and she said, I need a room upgrade. I'm going swimming. She didn't care. She got arrested for it. What can you say? Foreign policy that says for some uh, countries, Italy, South Korea, and Singapore, for example, the moment of decision and personal preparation has long since passed. And millions of people are stuck in place watching their epidemic unfold. On the eve of St. Patrick's Day, the mayor of San Francisco ordered her entire population to shelter in place for a few weeks. The window of opportunity to relocate has closed for residents of the Bay Area. Whether you're reading this in your living room in Vancouver, office in London, or on a subway in New York City, you need to think hard and fast about two crucial questions. Where and with whom do you want to spend the next six to 12 weeks of your life? The U.S. plans that were released in that were published by a secret document show the U.S. is preparing for 18 months. I hope you are ready for who's going to be around you for the next period of time. I'll tell you what, man, as somebody who's traveled for work, I have shared hotel rooms with people I am probably not too fond of. And boy, would it be strange. Yeah, there's going to be a bunch of kids in nine months, mind you. Big, big boom. Where and with whom do you want to spend the next six to 12 weeks of your life hunkered down for the epidemic duration? And what can you do to make that place as safe as possible for yourself and those around you? Your time to answer those questions is very short, a few days at most. Mind you, this was written two days ago. Airports will close. Trains will shut down. Gasoline supplies may dwindle and roadblocks may be set up. Nations are closing their borders. And as the numbers of sick rise, towns, suburbs, even entire country counties will try to shut the virus out by blocking travel. Wherever you decide to settle down this week is likely to be the place in which you will be stuck for the duration of your epidemic. To appreciate what lies ahead for the United States, Canada, Mexico, and the UK, pay heed to Italy, France, and Germany. The U.S., for example, is currently tracking exactly where Italy was 10 days ago. Now, two days later, after this was written, 
California and New York are going into lockdown. Texas going into lockdown. The United States, uh, France and Germany, which tracked two to five days ahead of the U.S., are now revving up measures akin to those taken by Italy, including lockdowns on movement and social activity. In a matter of days, the U.S. will follow suit. She was right. She was absolutely right. California locked down. And, and it's, it's obvious San Francisco did it. Trump just closed the southern border. The northern border is closed as well. Our borders are closed. I was talking to a friend in a foreign country who said that they're shut, they've shut their borders down. I think for now, you'll be able to evacuate back to your home country. Flights are still operating, but they're not letting people in as far as I know. At some countries, this, that's, how, that's how serious it's getting. If you live alone, have no family members or close friends who require your special attention and have no alternative living space, you have no decision to make. You are where you will be for the coming weeks. But keep in mind, there is a, there is a serious risk to people who live alone, who won't have anyone checking up on them. So always make sure that through the, dura- th- through the duration of this, as we're basically locking down in our houses, contact people you know and care about. Make sure they're okay. They're okay. Start a text message group. Have everyone, you know, just talk. Just talk about stuff. Stay social. But more importantly, here's what I think about. You could be 25 years old with your own apartment in Williamsburg. And if you slip and fall and hit your head, who is going to be there to help you? If, you know, in normal circumstances, someone might say, hey, they didn't show up for work. I'm going to, you know, go over there. We're worried about them. Your friends might go and visit and find you injured on the floor. Today, people are just going to be like, well, everyone's quarantined. So they're not going to expect it. I'm not saying it's likely, but hey, man, people slip and fall in their homes all the time, which is why it's important we stay in contact with the people that we know and care about. Many households are now uh, swelling as colleges and universities close, sending students to their parents' homes, and young adults find themselves facing financial ruin amid the shutdown of theaters, restaurants, gig economy work, construction sites, and other forms of employment lacking job protection and home leave assistance. These young adults may also choose to return to their parents' homes or to secondary residences owned by friends or relatives. As employers shift to work from home status, white collar workers with salary jobs need to consider where best to hunker down, allowing them strong internet access and a home work setting. For workers whose jobs require physical presence at a work site, such as custodians, factory workers, security guards, construction personnel, taxi drivers, and the like, the relocation option is decided. Stay put. But many may lose their jobs either temporarily or permanently due to the epidemic and the prospect of six to eight weeks without an income stream is excruciating. Anybody facing that prospect should immediately negotiate with their landlords, mortgage lenders, and utilities. Well, I can also announce that there is a, there, I believe now there's a moratorium. I'm not sure if this is nationwide. I think Trump was enacting this, a moratorium on foreclosures and mortgages. New York has, has instituted a moratorium on evictions. You will not be evicted. And Cuomo actually made a good point. He said to the landlords who would want to evict someone, who do you think you're possibly going to rent to right now? It's a great point. All we can really do is just kind of put things on pause. Once tough location decisions have been made, the household must be readied for a long siege. While panic buying has led to stockpiles of toilet paper and hand sanitizer getting through eight months of confinement with others will require a great deal more, both physically and psychologically. This is especially true for households that span generations long-term confinement that includes children undergoing remote schooling and adults trying to work requires de- uh, designated spaces for each individual, a powerful internet signal and Wi-Fi router and a great deal of shared patience. Everybody in the household must understand how the coronavirus is spread and what steps each should follow to eliminate their personal risk of passing off the infection. So I think we understand the gist of where she's going. Let's, uh, let's see what she says in the conclusion. Boredom and stress can suck the lifeblood out of a person. 
before your home goes on lockdown, make sure your uh, your download accounts for movies and television are paid. There are plenty of good books around the house and games and decks of cards are handy. Plan now for your state of siege. Don't delay. Choose where you want to survive the pandemic, with whom and how. Your window of opportunity to act is shrinking very, very fast. I'd recommend board games for the most part. The internet is being strained. I'm not sure if, you know, everybody starts rushing to their homes and they start getting on the internet like crazy. I'm not entirely convinced I can continue doing what I'm doing if the internet comes under intense strain, which has happened in Europe. Netflix is downgrading service because the strain is too great. The internet internet could actually break. And that's when things get scary. People will be people have no idea what's happening. A lack of information will, will spark fears. Some people will have not prepared. They'll have no food. Some people will get sick. And that's when things get really scary. Hard lockdowns to me are the scariest sign because once that hard lockdown happens, you can't leave. In New York, she tells the story of her neighbors actually leaving before the lockdown hit, going to their country home where they have more space. Many people in cities can't leave. And as soon as, and if you keep waiting, because look, I'll say it again, I have friends overseas and they're saying, maybe I'll just wait a little bit, see what happens. And I'm like, if you wait on this, you will not come back. Not for the foreseeable future. We don't know how long. And that country is not going to give you aid before it gives citizen, its own citizens aid. That will not happen. You'll be left high and dry. Get home now. Now, the last thing I'll say for the people who are locked down, because it's already happened, people in the Bay Area, for instance, you can see what happens when people are locked down in hotels. And this woman says, I'm going swimming. I can't take it. Seven days on lockdown. She got arrested. Maybe it'll come here. I don't know. Texas says they will involuntarily quarantine you. It's possible. If we're tracking where Europe is, then I think it's, it, could, it's, it could be coming. I'll see you all at 4 p.m. on the main channel, youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out. A bunch of videos showing military equipment being transported by train or being driven through cities are going viral as people are starting to freak out because the National Guard is being deployed. And the National Guard is being deployed. I mean, what do you think's going on, man? You know, all the time we see viral videos showing military moving equipment and people start spreading conspiracy theories about what they think, what they think is really happening. Let me just tell you something, man. Sometimes the military moves equipment. It's not, it's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. Now, there's some funny comments because apparently a bunch of viral videos have been coming out of Illinois specifically. I even had a friend send me videos of a whole bunch of uh, military vehicles look, looks like Humvees being uh, on a train moving through the suburbs of Chicago, and they think there's some kind of mass mobilization. First of all, they made a really great point, and we'll read the comment from the National Guard. They're like, uh, if we're going to bring in Humvees, we would just drive them. We're not going to put them on trains. And then what, walk to where the Humvees are going? So a lot of people, right. But let me, let me show you these videos first, because as much as we, this is World Star Hip Hop, by the way, gotta love that site. As much as a lot of people are saying, you know, it's just the military and train, is, uh, train stuff is just moving, we are seeing the National Guard mobilize. So you will see these videos. Check this out. This video appears to be from New York. And you can see what appears to be several Humvees, presumably National Guard, I don't know, driving through New York. Everyone's acting all freaked out and scared. It's, I, I, I honestly, I think you should probably be happy that you're seeing this stuff. The National Guard is deploying to help people. We're not dealing with like 
I don't know, an authoritarian crackdown from like evil government agents. We're dealing with a virus. We're not dealing with foreign invaders. We're dealing with a virus. The people who are coming from the National Guard and the army aren't showing up to like ruin your lives or oppress you. They're literally showing up to be like, we need to help you. Now I get it. I'll be fair. I, I get freaked out a bit if a bunch of people are going to come come, uh, come to my neighborhood and try to enforce a quarantine. But I think if you're going to break a quarantine, like, come on, man, There's, we're, we're not talking about an arbitrary government saying we have now decided that no one can leave their homes for no reason. We're dealing with an outbreak that's overwhelming our hospitals and them saying, if you go outside, you could get sick and die or get other people sick and die. There is a challenge, I will admit, because governments lie. And I want to see this end quickly, but it's hard to know what to do and who to trust. It's really easy to scare people and get into giving up their rights. And I'm pretty sure there's probably a lot of conspiracy theorists who are saying this is it. It's exactly what they're doing. I tend not to think so. I tend to just choose Occam's razor. And I don't believe that all of the governments of the world that are panicking and shutting down their borders, especially the European Union, which is completely undermining its entire purpose by closing internal borders in the Schengen zone. I don't see it as a grand conspiracy, man. Look, if if they really wanted to oppress and take over the world or whatever, you, you wouldn't see them undermining literally everything they've been trying to do for the past 10, 20 years, no, notably the European Union. You wouldn't all of a sudden see all of the orange man bad people now agreeing with him unless you want to think the conspiracy goes real deep. I just don't buy it. Take a look at this video. And then we'll talk about the National Guard's response. It's a bunch of Humvees on trains moving through Chicago. Worldstar says, looks like Chicago is getting ready for that lockdown. It is true that Illinois is now implementing a shelter in place order. This is breaking news. But dude, let's just be real, man. The military moves stuff. It's, I see these videos all the time. They get sent to me. And there was this one really funny moment in internet history where some people just made up a happening. It's hilarious. They started taking old videos of, of this and claiming it was some town in Kansas and like something was happening and it started to go viral. It was trending because everyone was in on the joke and then eventually nobody realized that was a joke and they thought something was really going on. People were just saying like, man, I can't believe this is happening. Whoa, look at this. And everyone did it to the point where the media picked it up and they were so confused and it was a bunch of random videos. Nothing happened. Welcome to the internet. So in response to these, We have this from the Chicago Tribune. Those trains you are seeing transporting military vehicles, Illinois National Guard says they're not part of enforcing a lockdown. They may be brought in to be used as part of a potential deployment at some time. The National Guard will probably be administering tests if they do come out. They are currently in New York and New Rochelle, so I'm not surprised we see them actually driving around. I don't understand why everybody freaks out when they see the military. It's like they've never seen the military before. I was driving through California. I saw a bunch of military vehicles driving around all the time. And I'm like, it's, it's normal, man. But this is a funny statement we have here. Check it out. At ease, Chicago. The Illinois National Guard says it's not coming to put you on lockdown. With Governor J.B. Pritzker confirming he is considering a shelter in place order. Um, I'm going to stop here. My understanding is they did actually do it following this. Uh, you know, this article came out earlier today. Questions arose about how it would be enforced. As trains transporting military tanks and Humvees traveled through the Chicago area the past few days, rumors took root on social media that the Illinois National Guard would play a role in imposing the directive. The Guard quickly shot it down. Even in California, they're, they're saying shelter in place, but so far no one's being arrested or anything for this. I think it's possible. Maybe. I just really don't think so. You know, look, man, the worst case scenario I think would happen 
if you went outside in a, during a shelter in place, first of all, people can go outside. They're saying shelter in place, but you're still allowed to go to the grocery store, walk your dog and do essential tasks. They're just saying for the most part, stop the extracurriculars, right? Just stay in your houses. A cop might ask you, hey, what are you doing? And you can say, I'm going to get food. He'll be like, stay safe, be careful, follow social distancing, and you'll carry on. That's about it. In the worst case scenario, because the government is trying to avoid a panic, you know what I bet would happen? Cop would pull up and say, hey, you know, we have a curfew in place, it's shelter, and you know, you're know, you supposed to be sheltering at home. They'd probably just give you a ride or just say, go home. <laughs> like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see us needing to do necessarily what China or Italy had done in terms of harsh quarantines, Spain actually arresting people. I will say young people are being really dumb going out and partying. But here's what gets funny. Uh, here's a quote. Those tanks and Humvees are not ours, said Lieutenant Colonel Bradford Lighton of the Illinois National Guard. The military moves equipment all the time by train. If we were to move, we wouldn't be doing it by train. We would drive. <laughs> you know, man, people are eating this stuff up right now. There are a lot of videos where people are like, this is it. Martial law is coming. The military is coming. Yeah, maybe. But it's like, you know, what, man, we're not seeing the end of days. It's not. I mean, you could argue, I guess we're in a happening like we're locked down, like stuff's going on. You know what I mean? We're, we're, I don't think you're going to see anything like a movie where all of a sudden there's dudes in the street corner pointing guns and ordering you to go home and like throwing you in camps or anything like that. We're nowhere, it's not going to happen. We're deploying our people, the military. They're us. And they're coming out to help us because we asked for help. Like, I don't know. I guess if you see yourself as an other outside of, of you know, the armed forces or law enforcement, you might view it that way. Now, I do think it's particularly important we stay, I don't know, we, we, we keep an eye on how these things unfold. If it turns out, right, there's always a risk. Governments want overreaching power. So I, I, one thing that, that I'm fearful of in all of this is that in a couple months, when all this is done, you're going to have people in government saying, mm, but we can just say it's not done and stay in control. Remind, you know, so in the event the virus actually goes away, there's like a movie about this. I think Anne Flux, that movie, in the event the virus actually goes away. These should, these all, all these provisions, everything should be, you know, returned to normal. The challenge now is just economics. And because the economy took such, such, uh, such a heavy hit, things might not be able to go back to normal. But I will point out in Italy, military fleet carries coffins of coronavirus victims out of overwhelmed town. Italy recorded five, about 475 deaths in a single day. And the military actually did come in. It's possible the military will come in and do this kind of job. We're not seeing, you know, to a certain degree, there are armed, you know, law enforcement in Italy locking things down. In the U.S., I got bad news for y'all. As the number of dead increases, like, and we, and we may be on track to be kind of like Italy. I'm not, man, look, if we see the military come out, it's going to be something more devastating like this. They're carrying coffins of victims. They're not locking people down and oppressing people and beating them. These are young people serving their country and they're doing a very, very difficult job. They're moving all of the bodies of those who lost their lives. And that's sad and that's scary. So here's here's the way I kind of see it, man. As somebody who has friends and family who have been in or are currently in the military, I don't view them like others coming to oppress us. I don't freak out and say, oh no, look at the military's coming. I say, okay, cool. Look, military. And, you know, even when I was in Ferguson, the National Guard was actually out just outside of where the protests were happening. And a lot of people were freaked out and like, don't go over there. I'm like, they're just it's like Americans, man. It's like other people. It's just a division that does a thing. 
And I actually chatted some people. How's it going? Like, how you guys been? Everything going cool? Cool, man. Appreciate your help. Have a nice day. I guess there are a lot of people that never get ex- you know, never get exposed to the fact that the military is made up of regular Americans who join the military. They make assumptions about like jackboot stormtroopers coming to lock down and take away your rights. It's possible. I doubt it. These people have all sworn an oath to defend the Constitution. So I'm fairly confident we're going to be okay. Now, look, man, as I stated before, you're going to see a lot more of these videos. People are going to are going to claim there's a whole bunch of things going on. You're going to see viral videos. And I hate to say it, but man, people eat this stuff up and it bums me out because I'm looking at, you know, I look at analytics. It's part of my, my business, right? I track where people are watching. People love watching this stuff. They love watching the person claim like, you know, it's a government psyops plot to convince us to give up the constant, you know, give up our constitutional rights and and bend over and just hand blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, man, Occam's razor, dude. The, the, there's no Illuminati. The U.S. government isn't in cahoots with China. There's not some grand scheme to make everything happen. And there's the lesser conspiracies that like they'll take advantage of it and they'll use it to their advantage. And like, yeah, they will. We'll see it. People are going to try and push their agenda. That's what they'll do. And that's why we need to make sure we hold them accountable and we stand up for the Constitution. There are limits. If this truly gets bad, then don't be surprised when people, there's just nothing to uphold. I mean, look, if a a new plague wiped out majority of the world, you know, there's no one who's going to be around to defend anything. It's going to be a free for all. We're not there. That's not reality. The reality is we've got a novel virus. It's a similar circumstance. The Spanish flu 100 years ago. We got to do what we got to do. So this should, this should, all, of the, all of these things should uh, dissolve, all these powers, these emergency provisions. I'm worried they won't because they tend not to. So that's what we, should, what we should be concerned about. It's the gradual encroachment and erosion of our rights. Pay attention to what the Constitution guarantees you, and we'll make sure we'll do this right. I'll leave it there, I guess. Stick around. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. Recently, we've seen many CEOs step down, resign, retire, and some people are kind of shocked and worried by it. I don't really have a comment on that other than this story. And this is more about the uh, the economy today. The Marriott CEO says coronavirus is worse than the Great Depression and World War II as he cuts his salary to zero dollars, while Goldman Sachs says unemployment claims have already risen to 2 million across the U.S. I believe the number 2.25 million Americans could enter claims for unemployment benefits this week. So things are getting bad. The economy is taking a hit. I read a, I read an uh, I read an article that said there's not going to be a swift recovery. It's a lot of people without any financial experience who think that because this was caused by a pandemic, once it's over, everything will go back to normal and it will spike back up. These were, this was like some trading website and they said, don't expect that. They also mentioned that because we're tracking the potential re- reemergence of the coronavirus after the first wave, which makes sense and follows historical trends and, what's exp- and, and it's what experts are saying, they're saying the, the market can't possibly recover because we know it will get hit again, which means it's going to stagnate for some time. Well, let's read the story and see what's going on with unemployment. The reason this story scares me is there's not infinite unemployment. There's a pool of resources available. There's not going to be enough for everybody. The CEO of the world's largest hotel group, Marriott, has said that coronavirus is worse than the Great Depression and World War II and has cut his salary to zero dollars as the hospitality industry continues to be devastated by the pandemic. This comes as Goldman Sachs warned that unemployment claims have already risen to two million across the U.S., with thousands of Americans finding themselves jobless overnight. 
I have a lot of friends who told me they just lost their jobs. It's kind of scary. This would mark the highest level of unemployment ever seen in U.S. history, dwarfing the previous record of nearly 700,000 unemployment claims back in 1982 and sparking fears the nation is entering a recession. Well, some have already said it is. I also want to do point out percentage is the bigger factor. What we're seeing now with a larger number of unemployment, it's also due to population growth. The hospitality industry has been one of the hardest hit with the CEO of major hotel uh, of major hotel chain Best Western also warning Friday that it's very bad. This is the worst decline the industry has ever seen. Marriott CEO Arne Sorensen announced the extreme step to axe his own salary for the rest of the year in an investor call Friday. The toll of the pandemic on the business is like nothing we've ever seen before, he warned, saying the crisis is worse than other historical catastrophes the company has lived through, including World War II and the Great Depression. For a company that's 92 years old, that's borne witness to the Great Depression, World War II, and many other economic and global crises, that, that says something, he said. I will not be taking any salary for the balance of 2020, and my executive team will be er, taking a 50% cut in pay. Bravo, good sir. I have tremendous respect for that. This guy's under no obligation to get to, uh, no, under no obligation to give up anything that he's negotiated or that's coming his way. But this is when you see people will do the right thing. Not always, not always, but sometimes this guy's going to take a zero percent. Uh, he's going to drop his salary to zero. He's probably already rich. It's probably not going to matter all that much to him. So I respect this decision. And hopefully this is the right thing to help sit, to help preserve the company, at least to a certain degree, keep some funds available. The principal change we face, the restrictions on travel, gatherings of people and required social distancing is having an immediate impact by depressing demand for our hotels. The hotel group is also suspending dividends, halting share buybacks and cutting senior executive salaries by 50% in desperate efforts to stay afloat. This followed the company's announcement on Tuesday that it had begun furloughing tens of thousands of its employees amid mass closures in several of its managed properties. His employees won't be paid during this time, but the group said, but the group hopes to bring them back to the company once the pandemic is over. The drastic moves came as the hotel group's occupancy levels in North America and Europe fell below 25% in the last few days. Workers across the U.S. have been thrown into turmoil as businesses have shuttered due to the global outbreak. The Labor Department reported Thursday that applications for benefits, a good proxy for layoffs, surged by 70,000 to 280,000 claims last week. But Goldman Sachs has predicted that the impact of the outbreak on the U.S. jobs is actually far worse than those figures suggest. The investment group predicted that a record 2.25 million Americans could enter claims for unemployment benefits this week, as statewide closures have forced businesses to hunker down and lay off thousands of staff. This would mark the biggest rate of unemployment claims in U.S. history, dwarfing the previous record of nearly 700,000. Man, that's crazy. The somber figures have been based on the surge in claims across 30 states in the last week and suggest claims will escalate eightfold from the previous week, he said. This comes as Walmart plans to hire 150,000 new workers who have been laid off by restaurants and bars as it bucks trend for mass closures and staff layoffs. Dow opens 160 points higher in the second day of gains. Actually, I'm pretty sure the Dow is down about 3% as of the recording of this video. So they're, they're trying to show us some good news, but I think the reality is we're in this one for the long haul, man. I think it's going to get a lot worse. Now, the Labor Department is asking states to delay releasing increased uh, unemployment numbers. I think it's going to get bad. 
It's always darkest before the dawn. But I'm not entirely convinced things, things are going to skyrocket. I can say there's going to be tremendous demand based on the amount of people in this country. I mentioned that the unemployment claims are going to break a record. And it's partly due to the fact that there's more, there, there are just more people in this country. So percentage wise, I think it matters more important than numbers wise, the percentage you know, of the GDP or percentage of relative uh, employment. What we're hearing now is that unemployment could reach up to 20%. But with 2.25 million people out of work, those people are going to need to eat. They're going to need to drive, take transportation. So once this is over, the demand will be insanely high. Now, it may not rebound the markets, but it may reduce unemployment very, very quickly as we see a dramatic spike in labor participation. The market will follow, but it, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how things play out. We may see speculation on stocks. Once we get the okay from the CDC, I think a lot of people are going to rush to buy in. But there are a lot of factors I don't understand. And as I mentioned, I was reading this article. They said, don't expect that because the waves could come. So we'll see how things play out. They say in New York, the Department of Labor recorded that it took 159,000 calls before midday on Thursday, 16 times its usual daily amount. In Florida, the Department of Economic Opportunity received 76,000 calls between just Monday and Wednesday up from about 28,000 calls for the entire week before. CNN reported, leaving staff buckling under the pressure to process claims. While in California, applications were 40 times the usual daily volume, rising from 2,000 to 80,000 on Tuesday, Governor Gavin Newsom told the Sacramento Bee. Choi said the reality may be somewhat lower than the forecast because the states sampled, sampled may have a higher growth in claims than the remaining states or claims could be lower over the remainder of the week. However, he asserted that at the very least, unemployment claims would top a million. One of the things I think is important to factor in, which is surprising to me, is that people are being laid off from restaurant jobs. Surely the restaurants will rebound and you'll bring those same staff members back, right? I mean, if you lay them off, you're just making it more complicated. But hey, look, I don't run a restaurant, so I don't really know how that, how that stuff works. Even the most conservative assumptions suggest that initial job, jobless claims are likely to total over 1 million, Choi warned. These worrying figures dwarf the findings released by the Labor Department on Thursday as workers across the U.S. are increasingly finding themselves out of work and with nowhere to turn for income to survive. The Labor Department reported unemployment. We, 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 we read that up top, so let's just move on. They say in Colorado, claims skyrocketed from 400 a week to 6,800 in a day on Tuesday. Ohio residents filed more than 48,000 claims over two days, compared with 1,825 during the same two days a week before. Workers in the hospitality industry have been some of the hardest hit, with major chains shuttering their hotels for the first time in history and plunging the livelihoods of the 6 million Americans working in the industry into instant turmoil. The CEO of Best Western, one of the biggest hotel chains in the U.S., said on Thursday, this is the worst decline that the industry has ever seen. It's very bad, he told CNBC. If you consider the last worst decline we had in the industry was in 2009, and we declined in revenue by about 16%. Well, seemingly overnight, just last week, our decline was in excess of 40%. So this is the worst decline the industry has ever seen, and it happened so abruptly. Just 3% of Best Western's hotels have shut so far, Kong said. But he cautioned that it may not be long before many of his other 5,000 hotels worldwide and 2,000 in the U.S. shutter as the pandemic ramps up. For most of the hotels that are still open, I don't know how long that can, that can last given the situation. Earlier today, I heard that New York was, uh, that many of the, hosp- the hotels in New York would be shutting down. 
because there's no one there. People are leaving Manhattan. It's not a, not a safe place to be if this gets worse. They're now issuing a stay, a stay in shelter, a shelter in place order. I'm sorry. And I have to wonder what happens if you're in New York on, on work for maybe like a week and a half trip or something like that. And you're in the hotel. Where do you go if they shut down? And can they just leave you there? Honestly, I have no idea. Perhaps they will be allowed to just stay in the hotel and let it get all dirty and trash because there's not going to be anyone to clean it up. They're not working. This sounds like it's going to get worse. I know a lot of people are talking about, you know, martial law and law stuff, but think about the economy, man. Take a look at this. As of today, we are seeing a dramatic spike. 16,000 cases and 214 deaths. It's funny because yesterday I saw people tweeting, there's only 59 dead in America. Why are we doing this? And now it's what quadrupled since then? It's escalating. It's an exponential gain, which means we double every couple of days. We're going to see 32, then 64, then 128, et cetera. It's going to keep getting worse. We need to take this one seriously. Don't, don't ask me. Don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I'm the guy who's going to, you, you can come to for answers. I can just tell you what's happening. I don't know what to predict, but I will tell you that my industry is also being hit. I'm grateful that I'm not, that I'm still working, but I posted on Twitter Almost every single video I've, I'm doing now is just completely demonetized. YouTube says confirmed, demonetized. You're not allowed to talk about it. That is disgusting in my opinion. YouTube, and you should release people's ability to talk about this stuff. On one of my channels, they've cleared me, but I'm still getting demonetized anyway. That is an artificial strike to the economy, at least as far as I'm concerned. But you know what? I still got it better than a lot of people. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, but I think we're all going to take a hit on this one. I got one more segment coming up for you in a few minutes. I will see you all shortly. Earlier today, we saw outrage all over the internet because four senators had sold off tons of stocks shortly after they went to an intelligence briefing and were told the economy is going to take a major hit. Naturally, the reaction from everyone was that these people were using insider information, being members of, well, the Congress, to protect their assets and to a certain degree, it's true, but at least two of these, I believe it's, fu- so there's, there's four senators involved. I believe it was a two of them, a Republican and Democrat, Feinstein was one of them. They use blind trusts, which means they have no control over this and they didn't, you know, it's not their decision to sell off. A lot of people jumped the gun. I think I did a little bit too, but I think the point I made earlier stands that if people are going to exploit their position to buy up stocks, sell them often, enrich themselves in public office, they are snakes and they should be voted out. One of, this, one of these individuals, Republican Senator Richard Burr, has issued an explanation saying his decision to sell was based off of public reports. And there's an interesting conundrum here I want to I I bring up. But one thing I absolutely have to bring up, which makes this so strange, is Ilhan Omar tweeting that she 100% agrees with Tucker Carlson? (laughs) What a world we live in. But Tucker Carlson said uh, he calls for Senator Burr to resign and await prosecution for insider trading if he cannot provide a reasonable explanation for his actions. He goes on to say it appears that Senator Burr betrayed his country in a time of crisis. I try to be careful. We got to be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. All right. It does seem like he did this. And man, they do this. They are privy to insider information we don't know about. And it's so easy to just come out and say, oh, but I was basing it off of, you know, public reporting. That does present us with uh, an interesting conundrum. What if he's telling the truth? Okay, I think he's innocent until proven guilty. So let's assume he is telling the truth. Well, the perception is really, really, really bad. 
Perhaps the requirement should be for a blind trust. Now, Ocasio-Cortez has straight up said they shouldn't be allowed to own individual stocks or whatever. Perhaps it should be a blind trust managed by third parties for which they have no contact. If you enter public service, you know, I think you're allowed to own stocks, but you shouldn't be controlling it. That way you can benefit off of your insider knowledge. Well, Richard Burr issued a statement. They say, uh, the Daily Mail reports, Senate Intelligence Committee Chair Richard Burr said on Friday that he relied on public news reports when he sold off up to $1.6 million in stocks before the coronavirus crisis caused markets to crash. Specifically, I closely followed CNBC's daily health and science reporting out of its Asia bureaus at the time, Burr said in a statement. Understanding the assumption many could make in hindsight, however, I spoke this morning with the chairman of the Senate Ethics Committee and asked him to open a complete review of the matter with full transparency. Both the left and the right were outraged by ProPublica's report that Burr had offloaded between $582,000 and $1.56 million of his stock holdings in mid-February. Why are all of these people multimillionaires anyway? Why do we keep electing rich people who don't know what it's like to be poor to govern us? I'm not a fan of that. Whatever, man. He's, his statement is this. I relied solely on public news reports. I think we, we basically did it. Okay, we, it's, he's, just, he's just saying what they wrote up. So interestingly, Ilhan Omar then agrees with Tucker Carlson who's calling for a resi- uh, resignation. U.S. Rep. Brendan Boyle said, Dear SEC Enforcement, I am officially referring a case for investigation and prosecution. Please see below. And so this is Kelly Loeffler, who apparently she, she was falsely accused very early on because it's, it turns out that, she, or she's saying she uses a blind trust and she wasn't informed of the sale of stocks in her, you know, that she owns until several, several days after it had happened, apparently. So let's just move down. Included in the dump was $150,000 worth of shares of Wyndham Hotels and Resorts and $100,000 worth of shares in extended stay America. So here's my, here's my thinking, man. What should he have done? Let's say you're holding these stocks. You then see news reports and you get information, and then you know you're going to lose money. First, if I was in office and someone came to me and said, I've got privy information no one knows about, Stock, stocks are going to tank, you will lose everything. You know what I would do? I would stand at the front of the ship, I'd salute, and I'd go down with it. That's what a captain is supposed to do. Make sure everyone else gets out and protect the people you are responsible to. The captain goes down with the ship. You know why? Because the captain is responsible for those on the ship, and they must, they must save everyone's life or die trying. I think that requires honor and integrity. Burr got information. He then saw it in the news. Regardless of what he's going to claim, about I saw it in the news reports. Yeah. And you also got briefed by the the intelligence committee. So you knew this stuff and you acted upon it. If you are not in one of these committees and there's no conflict of interest, I would say, you know what, man, people are going to sell their stock. I think here's an instance where somebody knew they had to take action to protect themselves. And that would be like the captain of the ship rushing full speed, shoving people out of their way and jumping into a lifeboat before anyone finds out anything is happening. Perhaps he should have been responsible and he should have issued a statement where he says current news reports have me concerned because of the latest reporting from CNBC's health monitor on markets. I've decided to to sell a large portion of my my shares and that would have been it. The concern then would be that he'd cause a panic, which would lead to a mass sell off. So it's it's a rock and a hard place. But Tucker Carlson has issued a statement calling on Burr to explain the reported stock sale or resign and Ilhan Omar agreed with him. You know, what's funny is they hate Tucker Carlson so much and they smear him and they lie about him. But the dudes, Tucker Carlson's a pretty good dude. 
He's a regular guy, you know what I mean? And he's actually been on the forefront of a lot of these things. Perhaps if they stopped listening to the smear machine and actually watched his show, they, they disagree quite a bit, but they would agree with quite a bit as well. Tucker's actually brought Antifa onto his show. He brings dissenting voices and opinions onto his show. Tucker Carlson Thursday called on Burr to resign if he can't explain why he sold millions in stock. Well, he tried to. He had inside information about what could happen to our country, which is now happening, Carlson said. Burr was reportedly briefed about the potentially devastating effects of the virus in the U.S. last month, but he didn't warn the public. Carlson said Burr didn't even disavow a Fox News op-ed he co-wrote with Senator Lamar Alexander just 10 days before, claiming that America was better prepared than ever before for coronavirus. He said Burr instead dumped his shares in hotel stocks so he wouldn't lose money, and then he stayed silent. Not a good look, brother. Not a good look at all. Carlson added, if there's an honest explanation for Burr's actions, he should explain it himself. Otherwise, he must resign from the Senate and face prosecution for insider trading. There is no greater moral crime than betraying your country in a time of crisis. You go down with that shit. I'm not telling you to just sacrifice your life to just for no reason. I'm saying that as a leader, someone who was put in place to protect us, that's what our, our, our representatives are supposed to do. You should have warned people. Instead of selling off your stock to protect your assets, you should have immediately issued a statement saying the reports have me concerned. I don't believe him. He had insider information. And then what? Then he saw the news. He had the insider information. He knew more than the news did. Burr is the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee and attended closed door meetings for weeks about the growing health crisis, along with Senator Kelly Loeffler, a member of the Senate Health Committee, who is also accused of selling much of her stock in January. Senator Burr filed a financial disclosure form for personal transactions made several weeks before the U.S. and financial markets showed signs of volatility due to the growing coronavirus outbreak, a Burr spokesperson told Fox News. As the situation continues, continues to evolve daily, he has been deeply concerned by the steep and sudden toll this pandemic has been taking on our economy. He supported Congress's immediate efforts to provide $7.8 billion for response efforts and this week's bipartisan bill to provide relief for American businesses and small families. Burr sold. So we, we know that. Yeah, yeah. The, this followed another report by NPR, which alleged Burr had warned a small group of well-connected constituents at a luncheon in late February about the potential impact of the virus, according to a secret recording of the conversation that NPR had obtained. There's one thing that I can tell you about this. It is much more aggressive in its transmission than anything that we have seen in recent history. Burr said in the recording, it is probably more akin to the 1918 pandemic. Burr said NPR misrepresented his speech, which he claimed was publicly advertised and widely attended. You know, I'm not a fan of the media smear machine. I want to make sure that we're fair and people are innocent until proven guilty. This does not sound like that. There is no circumstance, in my opinion, where you could have privy to access and not warn people and then sell off your stock and think that's okay. Too many of our politicians are wealthy fat cats who don't care about you. They want the keys to the castle. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Yeah, we had Dianne Feinstein on this one. Apparently, some of these people are, are, are not are being you know falsely smeared. They use blind trusts. This guy, I don't buy it. If he's going to go out and warn people and say things could, could get bad in any capacity, but 10 days before he sold all his stocks or he sold a large portion, he was arguing that it was going to be fine, that we're prepared for this. You know, we got a problem with electing millionaires. George Carlin said it. Just people keep doing it. Millionaires who don't care about you, they don't care about you. They really don't. 
They don't know what you think. They don't care what you think. They use tracking systems, polling numbers. They use algorithms just to figure out what they need to get the votes to get the job so they can institute the things they want to institute. Or in some cases, they don't want to institute anything. They just want a paycheck. They want to be in that position. They want to do their whatever. I have no idea. I got to say, man, I don't care who you are in politics. You got to be a special kind of crazy to want to be involved in all this stuff. It's it is mind numbing insanity. These people bicker. They play tribalism. It's gross. I'll see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out.